Welcome, this is Dr. Owen Anderson for our weekly devotion, and I'm looking this week at 2 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 24. You can see the title is Assyria Resettles Samaria. So let me read this chapter, this paragraph here, and then I'm going to tell you what stood out to me. The king of Assyria, then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and from Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore, he sent lions among them, and indeed, they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you brought from there. Let him go and dwell there, and let him teach them the rituals of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. So if you've ever wondered about the woman at the well, who is a Samaritan, and the discussion that she has with Jesus. This is the origin story of those people. Where the Samaritans come from? Here they are. They're living in the land in between Galilee and Jerusalem. And so they're often having contact with the Jews, but they themselves aren't Jews. And yet they trace themselves somehow to Jacob, and they have some familiarity with his religion, but they still make that distinction between themselves and the Jews. So here we see how Assyria conquered. Assyria would conquer another nation, take them out of the land they conquered, and replace them with someone else. So that even if they were to escape Assyria, they'd go back to their home and find that someone else already lived there. So it was a way of just making you have no hope. You've been completely destroyed. You just give up, and you'd be a captive of Assyria. So that's what the Assyrians are doing. But what is God doing? What is God? What's God's plan in this? It's interesting that natural evil increases, in this case, specifically uh, lions coming among them. And it's not just the secondary cause of lions. It specifically says God sent these, because I don't know that we ordinarily think about uh, lion attacks as so severe, even if maybe you're studying a history of pioneering days, and there's a, a lion, a mountain lion attacking uh, sheep or cattle. It's one, and you take care of it, and you go on. But here they're so distressed because of there's so many lions. And they make the connection that they don't know the rituals of the God of the land. And so it says these were sent by God, and it's showing that they don't fear God. Now, the Assyrians and these peoples they've put there, the Samaritans, think of it in terms of like a local deity, it seems like, right? The God of this land, we don't know how he, he uh, wants to be worshipped, and so we have to learn the rituals of the people who used to live here. And so they're sent a priest, but that's not yet getting them to understand who this God is. So of all the peoples of all the world that they could have been replaced, they could have been the ones replacing. They're replacing the ones who worship Yahweh. I am the God who created all things, not just a local deity. And so even though that's their thinking at first, a priest, some, some uh, send there one of the priests, and let him go dwell there and teach them the rituals of the God of the land. So they're brought a priest who dwells with them in Samaria, in the town of Bethel. And the idea is that they'd be taught the fear of the Lord. 
there's some level of a fear of the Lord and recognizing we don't know how to worship the God of this land, but how much and how much do they know who this God is? So let's look at the next paragraph. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own and put them in the shrines and the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities where they dwelt. The men of Babylon made Succoth Beneth, the men of Cuth made Nurgle, the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burned their children in the fire to Adrimelech and Animelech, the gods of Sepharvaim. So they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places, who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. And 33 is what stood out to me. They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried. So to this day, in 34, to this day they continue practicing their former rituals. They do not fear God, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinances or the law and the commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods nor bow down to serve them. But the Lord, who brought you out from the land of Egypt with great power and now stretched arm, him you shall serve, or him you shall fear, him you shall worship, and him you shall offer sacrifices. So in 33, it says they feared the Lord. And in 34, it says they did not fear the Lord. And you can imagine a critic of the Old Testament saying, oh, well, there's the Old Testament just contradicting itself within two sentences, within two verses right next to each other. Instead of saying, no, there's this initial fear due to recognizing that these lions were sent from God but it immediately seems to abate. And you wonder about this priest. Was he a, a, a priest from Israel, which worshiped the golden calf? Then he himself is compromised and only knows so much uh, and, and is not able to teach them correctly. So they immediately, it seems that the, the lion threat is, is gone, doesn't mention that. And then they go back to worshiping their own deities. And it says in 40, closing out this chapter, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. So in 41, these nations feared the Lord, yet served their carved images. Also their children and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did even to this day. So the origin story of the Samaritans is this chapter. And they were greatly mixed. I mean, they're at the point of offering their own children in fire to their, to their uh, idol. That's how, how badly they understand things. And then you flash forward to the woman at the well and her, her encounter with Jesus and his ability to offer her living water. And so you have that promise being brought about that the nations do come to know God, even these ones that are greatly uh, compromised. Now, think about ourselves. And incidentally, if you hear birds in the background, I'm, I'm outside in Pennsylvania this week recording, and I thought it'd be neat to record outside and get some birds in the background, background noises. But think about ourselves. Can we take a kind of uh, analogy to ourselves? How much are we compromised where we on the one level fear God and recognize his sovereign control, but we have our own idols, our own false deities, our own high places that we hold on to. And part of God's sanctifying work, part of the Holy Spirit's sanctifying work in our life is getting us to see these and repent from them. And so we can take this as an opportunity to think of, think of this motto, don't be like the Samaritans. Don't in one breath fear God and the other breath keep your high places. So thanks for joining me.
for our weekly devotion in 2 Kings chapter 17.